guys this is of course the organic guy and welcome to organic adventures podcast where we are all about ensuring that you experience that organic magic so this particular episode is proudly sponsored by think organic kenya who proud themselves as being the home of organic so if you are the kind of guy who's been looking for a convenient way to have organic products well think organic is here for you and one way they're doing this is uh, through their website that's thinkorganic.co.ke um, whereby you can be able to visit that particular website and uh, indulge in your shopping or alternatively you can download the app from google play or app store and uh, you can have your shopping and they will conveniently have those particular products delivered to you so make sure you guys to check them out and uh, why not do some uh, organic shopping so in this particular episode we had a really vivid and candid conversation with the one and only dr peter mukaya who is also known as dr um, organic who is the founder and ceo of uh, organic consumers alliance um, whereby he shared with us his uh, personal story um, very interesting story he is actually um, a public health physician but he converted to being an uh, organic doctor we talk or um, you know that story on how he actually came about to being <laughs> now an organic doctor and um, of course uh, we talk a lot of things from um, how organic actually contributes to achieving the SDGs and how organic can really help the Kenyan government in achieving its big four so it's a very interesting conversation it's a conversation that has a lot of knowledge has a lot of wisdom that i'm sure you will be able to apply on um your day-to-day activities so make sure you stick till the end of this particular conversation and uh, this is how it went down Well, thank you very much, sir, for having us at your offices. Most appreciated. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so this, this is one of the very interesting conversations we've been uh, willing to have. And um, just to give an overview to the viewers who are listening for the first time, you can just tell them who you are and what you are all about. Thank you, Amin, and thank you for the opportunity to um, uh, say who we are, what we do, and why we do what we do. As I said, my name is uh, Dr. Peter Mokaya. Uh, some people call me Dr. Organic, uh, and there's perhaps a good reason behind that. Um, the CEO of Organic Consumers Alliance. Uh, organic Consumers Alliance, as uh, you correctly say, is about all things organic foods, all things organic, all things organic lifestyle. All things about the philosophy of organic, and many people are a little disturbed about what is this thing about organic. Um, firstly, let me just say that I come from a background of uh, healthcare. I'm a physician, I'm a public health physician. Been in this field for the last three decades, yes, believe it or not, three decades yeah. plus. <laughs> uh, and I'm still uh, about 25 years young. Okay. Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, Thank you, as I said again, for the opportunity to share. I oftentimes uh, find it uh, uh, 
difficult to know what to say and what not to say. Okay. But in the particular case, let's just talk about the generality of the broad issues. Yeah. Uh, having said who I am and what my name is, perhaps the thing I would like to share with the audience is what is this thing people call organic. Yeah. Some people, because of the accents, call organic. Yeah. As in, uh, so, yeah. what's the difference between this food, foods that are organic and foods that are not? The key differentiating factor for the general audience is that these are foods that are grown without using uh, agroeconomic, agro, uh, agrochemical synthetic uh, products. Yeah. They're usually grown without these agrochemical uh, substances, which don't only poison the soil, but are also are externally sourced, they're expensive, they're inaffordable, and from an organic point of view, they residues are being implicated to cause problems that are not only associated with the health of the soil, but importantly for me as a physician, are associated with the interfering with the health of human beings. Um, it's interesting you mentioned about um, being a health uh, physician, mm-hmm. uh, a public health physician, right. and also you mentioned about you know you were at the John Hopkins uh, yes. University in yes. the US. Yes. So for me, I see those as lucrative opportunities. You know, when I used to grow up, being a doctor was a big deal. Yes. So. What, what was uh, some of the things that made you switch your profession from being in the medical field to actually wanting to create awareness as to why people should eat organic? Yes. Um, firstly, as a physician uh, who has also involved himself in, in research, I've worked among my other institutions, I've worked with the Medical Research Institute, I have been involved in research at an advanced level at Johns Hopkins University. Uh, which is a school, uh, the premier school of public health, probably the most famous, most reputable school of public health globally. And some of the issues that came out uh, in this journey were the need to interrogate how we cannot only treat disease, but also how we can prevent disease. And in the course of that journey, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I asked myself these deep questions, how do we contribute to make a difference to people's well-being? We can do that through uh, intervening at the clinic where we treat people who are sick. Or we can also intervene by making sure that people are healthy, by providing health care and make sure you maintain health as opposed to taking care of those who are sick and actually managing sick care. Uh, and as we all know, as the public knows, prevention is better than, than cure. Yes. And then specifically people ask me, oh doc, why are you doing this stuff and in the clinic? And I told them, I mean, for that one disease, the father of modern medicine, his name was Hippocrates, in 431 BC, he very famously said, let food be your medicine. And it's along those lines that uh, around about 10 years ago, looking at the evidence of research, that I thought that I should dedicate uh, the rest of my life and time, teaching people and creating awareness on why they need to consume food that is safe, that is healthy, that is nutrient rich, and that they ensure that they stay healthy, as opposed to being in the clinic where we wait for them to be sick and then we give them medicines uh, to try and cure them from disease. Okay. <clears throat> we, we now do know that your passion, uh, where your passion came from. So, and uh, you've been doing this work for a while. Yes. So what would you, you know, you can give us uh, a little bit of how OCA came about and yes. uh, what OCA is all about. OCA as a concept uh, was in, in my mind uh, more than 15 years ago, but as an organization about 10, 8 years ago. 
in order to proactively and deliberately move uh, the state from uh, intervening as a public health physician from doing the clinic stuff, so moved out of the clinic as it were, into the field, into the masses, and said, well, to be able to, to set up on the street like that, we needed to put in place a, a, an organization that specifically uh, advocates for creating awareness among consumers on the need to consume food, not just as food as a nutrient, but also as a medicine, as part of that continuum of care that involves preventive care, curative care, rehabilitative care, to be able to, in a small way, create a platform, both online and on the surface, where I interact with different stakeholders, starting with farmers who plant the food, the value chain people who transport, who bark the food, and eventually, of course, consumers to create in evidence-based awareness on the reason why we should consume what we now call organic food as opposed to conventional food, yeah. which is often grown with these residues of toxic agrochemicals. Yeah, exactly. So that uh, informed uh, about eight, ten years ago the creation as a small entity of what now is growing to become a respected uh, national, regional and global entity that focuses on uh, creating awareness among different stakeholders. So I say especially focusing on consumers but also using this evidence to advocate with policymakers yeah. to ensure that we anchor organic food consumption and production on policy frameworks. Yeah. Um, um, I'm a person who just heard uh, about why people should eat organic, right. and uh, there's a whole fuss about it right. um, as the importance of you should eat organic. Right. So why should I start to care as to why I should eat organic? Uh, firstly, for lack of a better word, these foods are not uh, grown with uh, uh, exanosteric chemicals. Uh, for lack of a better word, a lay person, you would probably refer them to the foods that your grandmothers and grandfathers eat. That food was organic. Yes. Why? Because it was grown naturally using locally available materials. It didn't have any contamination from these agrochemicals. Uh, it was grown within the context of nature in an environment that was harmonious, yeah. that was enriching the soil, that ensured the soil nutrients came into the food, and that when you consume this food, it ensured that you were able to actually, without any effort, uh, maintain your health status. Yeah. Uh, this, this uh, for someone who's uh, um, probably new to organic, I'll say if you don't want to use the word organic for those who are within Kenya and the East African region, yeah. you could use the word Kenyaji. For example, why it's preferable to eat Kenyaji chicken yeah. or Kenyaji eggs, and I think most people intuitively can relate to that. Yeah. yeah, and as you may know very well, people without anybody creating awareness, they know that Kenyaji eggs, aka organic eggs, yeah. are more nutritious and uh, even taste better than uh, the modern uh, uh, broiler chicken yeah, kind definitely. of uh, eggs. So that, that's really what I would start with. Mm. Yeah, taste is a factor, yeah. uh, access is a factor, uh, and, and of course people then will know that this is food that I need to consume because it's, um, it's healthy, it's tasty, and it's available and affordable. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you. Yeah, it's, it's important also you mentioned about that. Um, so the other, the other day we were doing um, our second episode. Right. We were asking people as to why they actually eat organic. Yeah. And uh, one of the excuses, the most uh, excuse that people gave was that there is lack of availability of organic products. Mm -hmm. So do you think that is a legit question um, or excuse that one should have or is just people being lazy and giving out excuses? No, generally it's true because first of all, if you don't know what you're looking for, yeah. you may not find it. Yeah. And this is why the first thing that we do 
is to create awareness on what foods do we define as organic. Once you know what they are and what their value is to your health, then you may know where to find them. You may actually, many people consume organic foods without realizing they're organic foods. Yeah. Perhaps what I should do, if you allow me quickly, is to mm, define the what foods are just beyond the agrochemicals, yeah. what foods are defined as organic. Organic is a philosophy, it's a system of growing, producing, sharing, and consuming food uh, is in harmony with nature, in the sense that these foods are not just uh, uh, tasty and healthy, because health is a component of the four principles of organic. Yeah. But the three other components of an, an organic philosophy, these foods are ecologically uh, friendly, they are they grow in a matter that doesn't betray the soil of ecology, yeah. they are organically produced in the context of ecologically. Number two, they are shared or produced in a context where there is fairness, fairness to the animals, the plants and the ecosystem and that these are also grown in an environment that is caring and that shows love. So in summary, the organic philosophy embraces four principles, ecology, fairness, uh, caring and of course health. So once you explain to them, they, then they understand that they have uh, by default been consuming organic foods without realizing. Yeah. But there's now a system that allows organic food to be classified in the sense that you need to find a way where you can certify and confirm that it's organic. And that process uh, is, 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 is made it difficult for most people to access what one would refer to as organic food. So I agree, there is a challenge in terms of accessing what organic foods are available. Yeah. But again, uh, with more concerted efforts, with involvement of government, people who produce food and the farmers, uh, we can increase the access yeah. and the affordability of these organic foods, which were there intrinsically before yeah. 50 years ago when we started using agrochemicals and we, we grew food organically before we introduced uh, the modern farming system, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. So challenging uh, things about this journey of creating awareness and letting people know as to why they should eat organic. Uh, many challenges, like everything else. Uh, the first challenge is uh, correctly saying people thought that this is a foreign idea that came from abroad. And the first thing you have to do is to uh, kind of shift people's thinking that organic was actually the food that our grandparents ate. These last two generations, the generation of my father and myself and my children, who think that organic is, is a trendy uh, for the rich, a kind of niche food where those rich people in Karen and in those suburban areas can afford because it's pricey. Yeah. Now this is a biggest challenge that we need to tell the people know the masses that you can actually grow organic food and consume it. It's cheaper, it's healthier, it's more accessible. So that's the other challenge of how do we access uh, the masses to reorient their thinking that they can actually grow organic food and access it and sell the surplus to others and make an income from it. Yeah, we have our challenges, of course, also engaging government because, as you probably know, you can do your little things on the ground, but unless those activities are anchored on policy, yeah. you may not go very far. So we go right now having a challenge of linking up with government, through the Ministry of Agriculture, through the Ministry of Environment, and of course through the Ministry of Health, to see how we can work with them at policy level, uh, using evidence to gradually shift the thinking yeah. from conventional foods to foods that embrace. Uh, what we want to define as organic foods, oh. and we believe are cheaper. So that's those uh, accessing policymakers, yeah. making sure the masses are aware, 
is the biggest space that we think uh, Organic Consumers Alliance uh, is trying to reach. And we're doing that using mass media, print media, yeah. audiovisual. Uh, we have a strong internet presence, as you probably are aware. Yeah. Uh, the younger people don't want to read long speeches. They want short messages with pictures and, and, and short messages that actually explain why this is yeah. the kind of food that they would be interested in considering. Okay. So I think we'll take a break yes. and uh, we'll be right uh, immediately after the break. Well, welcome back to Organic Adventures. We, of course, are one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Peter Mukaya, also known as Dr. Organic. And um, we are discussing um, all things organic. Before the break, we were talking about awareness and some of the challenges that you've been uh, you know, hard when creating awareness. Right. And uh, one thing for sure that doesn't need awareness is the rise of NCDs. Right. The non-communicable diseases. Right. So, um, what, what do you think? Is is there a critical role that organic foods can play in terms of minimizing the rise of uh, non-communicable diseases? Indeed, and I appreciate you asking that question. Um, there is clearly a, a definite role that uh, organic foods can play in uh, reducing or mitigating the rising incidences and prevalence of uh, chronic diseases that include cancer, diabetes, blood pressure levels. And this month happens to be the month of October, it's uh, globally, nationally known as the Cancer Awareness Month. So I appreciate your question because it's relevant. Uh, from a preventive perspective, two things that an individual can do to reduce the incidence or risk of getting into these chronic diseases is through consuming the right diet and exercise. Oftentimes, 80% of that mitigation comes from eating the right food and 20% more or less from exercising. Um, so I would um, say that uh, indeed organic food is, sits pretty on the table uh, as one of those things that uh, one can do or foods one can consume to reduce the risk of getting this chronic disease, including cancer. Uh, not just for prevention purposes, but even as part of the treatment package. But if one consumes food that's free from uh, uh, chemical residues that are toxic, one can actually mitigate the risk of cancer. And if one is already infected, it can also reduce or uh, be part of the treatment package of uh, towards the journey of healing or recovering or getting a remission from cancer. Yeah. Um, another hot topic right now, another hot issue that is uh, going on, is the is the issue of the big four? Mm -hmm. You know, the Kenyan government has uh, laid out its plan for mm -hmm. the next five years mm -hmm. on what it intends to achieve. Mm -hmm. We are talking about uh, food security. We are talking about universal healthcare. We are talking about manufacturing and also affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So those are big measures the government has dedicated itself in doing. Mm -hmm. Do you see um, organic? playing a role in terms of trying to achieve the big four for, for the government that has set. Indeed, in my view, the big four is just one huge, big agenda that's anchored on, uh, on uh, food security. That's, in my view, the biggest, the strongest, and the broadest foundation of achieving the big four. And food security, what is food security? If you were to go by the, the FAO definition of 2012, this is when all people access to adequate amounts of food that meets their personal preferences, that is safe, nutritious, and enables them to actively engage in the daily activities for the achievement of the highest quality 
help. And in my view, that for me is what brings organic foods as a key contributor or solution to achieving the Big Four agenda. Because uh, unless food is safe, you cannot achieve food security. And as we said earlier on in the previous episode, organic food ensures that you're consuming food that is safe and free from toxic agrochemical residues. That oftentimes have been linked with these chronic diseases, include cancer, diabetes, blood pressure, and so on. So, uh, in summary, you are not likely to achieve the big four agenda, especially the pillar of food security, which links up with the mass health coverage, unless people are consuming safe food as part of the definition of food security. Yeah. You know, with, with this huge promise that Organic has in terms of achieving the big four that the government has set, um, what do you think the government can contribute in terms of trying to make, you know, Organic as, as you know, as being the normal thing uh, mm-hmm. in the recent community that we have? Is there specific strategies or specific ways that you see the government can engage itself mm-hmm. in trying to promote Organic? Yes, indeed. I, I'm glad to mention that uh, the government has been working with the government for the last few years, and we now, for example, in the context of policy, have uh, an organic uh, subsector policy that is at the level of cabinet for approval. We appreciate that. We work with the government. The government is responsive. There is a bigger agenda of agro- agroecological, agriculture, and sustainable food system that anchors itself on uh, on uh, the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. So government is with us, they understand. We also understand that we cannot shift overnight from the current agri- I mean, uh, industrial conventional uh, food systems into organic, our agroecological food system. But there is a transition that we are seeing and we appreciate that government is on board. We're working with them. It's a little bit of a slow process. Government shifts policy gradually. But uh, I want to say that uh, government is cognizant of the role of uh, organic and agroecologically produced foods. So there is a sense in which we are upbeat. Uh, not only that, we are also comfortable that this framework uh, uncovered sustainable agriculture. The clear link within with, with, with providing Kenyan citizens with, with safe food. Yeah? That because that food, safe food does not only give them nutrients to give, keep them alive and healthy, yeah. but also it's a way of mitigating some of these uh, chronic conditions that include cancer, diabetes, and so on. At the regional level, we are also anchored on uh, the CADAP framework at the African level, yeah. the African Union, NEPAD, uh, CADDP framework that encourages consuming agroecological grown food that is uh, available locally, that brings in nutrients and allows the small scale farmers to be able to earn a livelihood and to do farming sustainably. At a higher level, the UN level, we have the Sustainable Development Goals, 17 of them. They are also sitting pretty and anchoring the whole idea of consuming food that's healthy to achieve uh, the SDG objective number three on health and wellness. And of course, number two, to reduce hunger. And number one, to mitigate poverty. And then, of course, uh, from the climate perspective, when you practice organic farming or agricultural farming, you capture carbon from the atmosphere, keep it in the soil, and reduce global warming and therefore be good for the climate. So in summary, you normally say organic food is not just good for human health, yeah. it's also good for the health of the environment and also good for the health of the soil. Yeah. So you, it's a triple win when you yeah. go organic. Yeah, so it's, it's, also, it's also interesting you actually mentioned about the SDGs. So I think it's fair we 
uh, give an elaborate view on <coughs> what organic can contribute to ensuring the achievement of the SDGs. Yes. You have obviously mentioned um, an overview of what organic can do. Can we sort of, um, you know, give us now, uh, try to explain us on specific roles that organic can do to make sure that SDGs uh, become a reality? Yes, um, thank you for asking that question. From where I sit, uh, and I've been on this now for almost a decade, there hasn't been a better time for organic and agroecological food systems, both from the production perspective and from the consumption system. Before, things were not very clear, but now it's becoming apparent and clear that uh, part of the solution of achieving the 17 SDGs is actually uh, going organic in terms of production and in terms of consumption. Why? Because when you go organic, you improve health, and health outcomes. And number two, you improve soil health. Uh, number three, you improve, you mitigate climate change because you are able to reduce the carbon that's in the atmosphere, which causes warming, capture it in the soil, and you're able to mitigate climate change. Yes. Then talking about, um, you know, health, we have obviously talked about health. Um, we have talked about ending hunger. Yes. Um, and climate. Yes. Can you sort of give us that um, overview, the connection between uh, having a good climate and all the way to actually achieving the health of the universe in general? The connection that organic can can make up across all those points. Beautiful. Um, yeah, as I said earlier on, and to put it a bit in the, using different words, uh, when you grow food organically with the intention of people consuming it, the food that is healthy and people's health improves, the process of growing organic food involves using composting, green manures, and the waste products of animals, usually what we call farmyard manure, yeah. also green manure, which is uh, the, the, the dead leaves and other green materials that you generate what we call green manure. The process of doing that requires it, uh, involves uh, capturing carbon from the atmosphere, getting it to the soil, yeah. and in the process, you enrich the soil while capturing carbon from a person known as carbon sequestration. Yeah. That process directly reduces global warming yeah. and therefore mitigates climate change. Yeah. In fact, uh, the uh, evidence shows that more than direct and indirect effects of global warming are from agricultural activities. Yeah. The current agricultural activities use fossil fuels, use external fertilizers and yeah. agrochemicals that create more carbon into the atmosphere. Organic agriculture or, or agricultural agriculture does the opposite. It reduces use of these fossil fuels, it uses local materials, composting, green manure, and allows for the organic the enrichment of the soil, while at the same time ensuring that nutrients are captured in the soil to generate what's healthy food, uh, and that's what we call uh, organic foods. Yeah. So it's a triple win, both for the health of humanity, as yes. I said, the health of the soil, and most importantly and lately, for the health of the climate. Yeah. So, as uh, the SDGs summarize, they say clearly that the SDGs are for people, for planet, and for profits, in that order. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I also think that uh, that's a critical point. You have obviously been doing uh, this sense of creating awareness for a while now. Mm -hmm. What gives that sense of hope that we are heading in the right direction? Is there, um, you know, signs you're seeing that you know, gives you that hope. You know, we're headed in the right direction. It's, you know, a matter of time before we see organic uh, doing its thing. Thank you for asking that question. If you ask me that question 
10 years ago or five years ago, I'd have been pessimistic. But uh, what drives us is passion, is purpose, is persistence and evidence. As we sit right now, we're sitting pretty because the evidence shows that the whole world has suddenly realized that we cannot live sustainably unless we adopt, we shift from the current uh, conventional external inputs based ways of producing food and consuming food to more sustainable approaches that use local materials that are valuable and accessible and affordable to farmers, oftentimes mostly farmers, who as I'm sure you know, feed 80% of the world. Yeah. We see now evidence locally and regionally and globally of shifting into organic farming. It's, it's, a, it's a good space to be in at this point in time, uh, with organic space or the agroecological space because uh, uh, in many ways uh, all frameworks from the global frameworks uh, at the UN level, the United Nations uh, Framework on Climate, Convention on Climate Change, the, the UN Framework of SDGs at the regional level, CADAP yeah. at the national level, the uh, Big Four Agenda uh, in the context of Kenya. All these frameworks are aligned in such a manner that uh, um, uh, organic foods are a key contributor to solving or a yeah. solution to uh, those frameworks, both in the context of food security, in the context of mitigating NCDs, uh, conditions like cancers and diabetes, and of course in the context of mitigating climate change, uh, from the context of sequestrating carbon and ensuring that we're practicing agriculture that's friendly to small-scale farmer and also friendly to the climate. We, we obviously see the benefits of organic, mm. but from your context, do you see uh, that a table will come when everyone will be consuming, will be consuming organic, organic foods at their pleasure? Uh, eh, thank you for asking that question. Within the context of our vision, given where we come from and where we are right now, that is the desired future. That is the utopia that we envision. Yeah. That is the world that we look forward to. Not necessarily in our generation, but uh, I do believe that that's possible. And there is evidence that we move in that direction. Uh, for example, recently we traveled to India, and there's a state that is the size of uh, Moranga County and uh, Nairobi County combined, known as Sikkim, the yeah. north of India, yeah. where they're practicing 100% third-party certified organic. Yeah, in Brazil, uh, about 35% of their food production is now um, organic and agroecological. Yeah, in Denmark, it's going organic. I mean, uh, they, they are right now at almost 60% uh, organic food production as a nation. Their policy frameworks are anchored on that. And many other examples in Europe and in Africa, we, there is uh, movements in Ghana. Ghana currently subsidizing production of organic uh, composting and manures yeah. uh, together with uh, other seed production systems. And uh, many other comp components, in other, including Kenya. So I am an optimist, so I believe that there is going to be a time when 100% of food production and consumption is going to be agroecologically organic. Because yeah. that's what the UN wants to achieve as well, through the framework of uh, let's not leave anyone behind, yeah. let's produce this for, the, for, the pe for people, exactly. for planet, and of course for sustainable profits. We understand that we exactly. are in the context of an economic uh, uh, system. system, so organic can produce money, can make money sustainably, yeah, and we are working with other partners uh, in, in, uh, in energy. Yeah. We're moving towards uh, sustainable energy, green energy, using wind, using solar, using uh, hydro, and uh, using geothermal. Yeah. So um, from a socio-economic uh, uh, and political point of, of view, I think uh, the cosmos and the energies around the UN framework, regional frameworks, 
are all conspiring towards a sustainable act. Yeah. Because eventually, we all want to live healthy, we want to live in a balanced manner, we want to live in an environment whereby we protect not just our own health and make money, but also sustain the capacity of the earth yeah. to carry us as we go into the future. Yeah. Yes, so there's optimism, there is okay. hope, and there is evidence that that's happening. Slowly, of course, uh, but uh, clearly there are uh, low-hanging fruits that we can see from locally, yeah. nationally, regionally, and globally. Yeah, so yes. the, you know, the future looks good. Yes. We, we are seeing uh, great signs that we are in the right direction right. in terms of um, you know, the UN, the governments are yes. actually putting their efforts into making sure that people are aware of organic. Yes. From your perspective, yes. as uh, Organic Consumers Alliance, yes. do you think there is a magic switch that you actually need for everyone to become aware about organic? If there was a magic, at, you know, a switch that you, know, you will need in terms of making everyone become aware on, on organic. Yes, um, my view would be that uh, while there may not be a magic switch, uh, one of the uh, avenues that we're using to leverage for creating awareness on the value and the benefits of organic, and broadly speaking, agroecological foods, yeah. is social media, digital media, the internet. There is a growing awareness, especially among the youth who are more than 70 to 80% of the global population. That for me is the nearest thing to a magic switch. Yeah. Even this interview we are conducting here right now, once we're able to leverage this on different social media platforms, once young people especially understand that this is good for those three components, it's good for the planet, good for the soil, good for human health, and good for the overall health of the ecosystem, that for me is an ongoing light bulb that uh, may not necessarily be a magic switch, yeah. but is as close to a magic switch as it can be by creating awareness that organic is not just a small niche issue, yeah. but it's an issue, is a philosophy that embraces the sustenance and the survival of the human ecosystem going forward yeah. from all aspects, including economic point of view. Okay. Uh, right now, obviously, you've been big, you've been uh, advocating for you know, organic and in terms of consumer organic for about the last eight years. So, you know, I'd like to see your bigger picture, your vision. Uh, at what time do you think that will come that will actually be satisfied, satisfied in terms of what you've uh, done to the organic movement? Is there a grand picture that you can create for us that uh, gives us hope, uh, you know, in the coming days about organic? Yes, thank you. Uh, for, for, from where I sit, uh, the last uh, eight years, about a decade now, has been tough. We've been in the trenches. Mostly what we've been doing is gathering the evidence. People haven't seen us, but uh, in the last few years, we've come out of the foundation. We are coming to surface. We now have a huge uh, internet presence from the evidence we've been accumulating. Like you're building a house, you set a foundation, it takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. But I can tell you without uh, fear of contradiction that uh, we are at a position now where we believe that, uh, as they say, is, 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 uh, we, are, we are about to upgrade uh, uh, to the next level, where we want to partner now with all like-minded persons from environment, from soil health, from agriculture, from diseases mitigation in health, there is a whole global partnership and we're leveraging on the, the recently launched uh, Sustainable Development Goals. So for me, we, while we may not see this 
100% realization of uh, organic food being consumed globally within our lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, we believe that we are now at the level whereby we are partnering with younger people, with other different uh, uh, interested the like-minded entities, like the Organic Adventures, of course, where we have in this interview, who, once we suck them in into this space, yeah. then we'll have what people describe as a critical mass of like-minded people. Once that happens, and I can tell you for sure, then it'll be boom. People then will realize that this is the preferred way forward and the rest will just flow. Yeah. Because uh, it's almost instinctively the right thing to do without even uh, collecting data. Uh, the survival of the human uh, uh, race within the context of current pollution and contaminated environment, yeah. that we shift our activities, our thinking, our energies, and the way of doing things to thinking about others and less about ourselves. Yeah. Because it's one world, that's why there's this package for people, for planet, and for profits. And I'll just add for sustainable profits, leaving no one behind. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think uh, it was a pleasure having you. Yes. Thank you very much for creating time to share your knowledge yes. and uh, your experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So. I think we we are in the right direction after this con, con, you know conversation. We are looking uh, with hope and seeing that things will get better. Beautiful. Yeah. I believe in that too. Go out there, spread the word. Eat organic. Let's cook organic. Let's not cook the planet. That's my last words. Well, 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 well. What an adventure, ladies and gentlemen. So um, as I promised you. Um, this was one of um, those particular podcasts that was on fire. There was um, a lot of knowledge and, and wisdom and insights from uh, this particular podcast. And um, I was right um, when I promised you in the beginning that there is going to be a lot of value from this particular podcast. So we hope you enjoyed this particular podcast very, very much and um make sure to share it um with your friends with your, um you know the people close to you um and also on your social media platforms so that other people can um, also be able to have this particular wisdom with them so thank you very much guys for joining us in this particular podcast and uh, until the next one ladies and gentlemen remember to be organic